Hello, I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where joining me tonight for Diz Dad's podcast number 582 are Brad Coates. Hey, everybody. And David Matt. Welcome, muggles. <laughs> All right. Now, tonight, we're going to head back over to Universal Orlando Resort, um, this time to talk about the newer on-property hotels there at Universal Orlando. They've been in the midst of a bit of a uh, resort building boom, and uh, so thought it would be a good idea to go ahead and, and update our information about those. Uh, we talked last week about sort of the, the older hotels, the older on-property resorts, and this time we're going to update on the newer ones. But before we dive into that discussion, I do need to thank our podcast sponsor, Fantastic Memories Travel, home of several Universal Orlando specialist agents. You can check them out at fantasticmemoriestravel.com. All right, guys, uh, new hotels. You know, this building boom started a few years back with the Cabana Bay Beach Resort. Uh, you, you know, Universal hadn't added a new hotel in quite some time. And sort of corresponding with the, the you know, the Potter boom, <laughs> I guess would be the way to put it, um, they, they opened this new resort. And it, it was initially opened kind of a, a pitched at least as a contrast to the the three older resorts that they had on property. You know, all three resorts were, were essentially deluxe category resorts. Uh, we can quibble about exactly where Royal Pacific falls, but they were all essentially deluxe resorts. Um, and Cabana Bay was launched as a at the time they really talked about it as a value category resort. Now they they've they've developed a new nomenclature. They now refer to that as the a prime value hotel. Um, but in any case, it, it was, you know, value in contrast to their existing deluxe hotels. And, uh, you know, Brad, why don't you get us started talking about Cabana Bay Beach Resort, talk a little bit about sort of the design of the resort itself and kind of where it fits in uh, the the sort of overall picture there at Universal in terms of their resorts. So this one in particular, I'm glad you picked me for this one because this one's really fresh on my mind. We're actually headed two weeks from now out for my uh, baby daughter's high school graduation. Oh, her trip. And uh, she said that we gave her to the whatever resort she wanted to stay in and she picked Cabana Bay. Okay, and and her main thing for her is she's really into retro. She loves that 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 genre. She loves that that that, that kind of culture, that feel, and that was the main reason. The one thing about the, these other resorts compared to the to the premium resorts that that sets them apart right off the bat is that they don't do not include the the um, all exclusive the pass express right. pass. Yeah, so that, so in terms of of on you know resort benefits, um, that's the stark contrast, right? Uh, there's there's yeah. no express pass included for free when you stay at Cabana Bay Beach Resort, and in fact, um, it's not included for free at any of the resorts we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, okay. yeah, exactly. So that's usually the first thing that people uh, mention about the difference is, well, yeah, but that doesn't come with a pass. And it's true. It doesn't. But for us, we've been to Universal before. We love having the Express Pass. But um, 
it was more important for us to experience the kind of the culture and, and we'll still get plenty out of the parks. But anyway, um, back to Cabana Bay. So Cabana Bay is uh, one thing about Universal. Boy, I'll tell you what, when they came to doing their moderates and their, and their what they call their values, they stepped up their game when it comes to their theming, um, to the quality of the overall look and feel. Um, I love Disney. And I've stayed at the values and Pop Century and everything, but to to call Pop Century a value and then call Cabana Bay a value, they are they are not the same kind of resorts at all. They're, they're they're very nice. So Cabana Bay, when you pull up, you'll feel like you've pulled into the 50s or 60s, literally from the minute you pull into the drive area. Uh, it, lots of bright colors, lots of the you know almost the neon blues and the greens and the oranges. Um, the old uh, kind of plastic seats with the bright colors, uh, you know, uh, so lime green kind of seats. Um, right. So that this the, is this is you know, usually kind of in design terms, it's referred to as as the mid century modern look um, that definitely you know, lifted out of the the fifties and sixties, and um, it, it always seemed to me to be in some ways um, almost a subtle dig at Pop Century Resort, right? Because, I mean, Disney created Pop Century and, and the theming at Pop Century comes from these oversized icons that are kind of scattered right. around. And and it's it's more of a matter of, of sort of the, you know, iconic elements of the decades decorate the resort. Whereas Universal, when they decided to take on that nostalgic 50s and 60s era, um, really just built a resort that that almost looks like an idealized version of a resort in the during period. that time. Yeah, exactly. I love that. You know, I hadn't even talked about this, but that's exactly kind of one of the things that stuck in my mind was that pop century tries to do several different time periods right. and, and they do some creative things and it's nice. I like pop century, but it's like Havana Bay said, we're going to pick this time genre and then we're going to take it over the top. It, you're going to feel like you drove into the 50s and 60s. And uh, and they really did it. Even with the pool, like if you've seen pictures of the cabanas there, they look like the the the, the, the kind of cabanas you would see around a, a, a pool in the 60s with the slanted roof and boxed. And, and they have a bowling alley inside there that definitely looks like the 60s. They, they have um, everything about it really just smacks of the time period. Yeah, um, David, do you have any other thoughts about the sort of the the design and the um, amenities of the Cabana Bay Beach Resort? Oh, uh, I haven't stayed at uh, Cabana Bay. Oh, okay. I just didn't know if you'd spent any time around the resort. Um, no, yeah. no. It, 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 I mean, it seems like a really nice place and uh, hoping to stay there sometime in the future. Right. Well, so one of the things about Cabana Bay Beach Resort is that We've talked a lot about the theming and how they've done a really good job with sort of immersive theming at a value price point. But the the other sort of aspect of this is that you know they they call it a a value resort or I guess in their words a prime value hotel. Um, but in terms of space, these are significantly larger rooms than the same you know, rough category of room, um, at, at Walt Disney world. I mean, when, when Disney, uh, says that you're staying in a, uh, value resort, um, 
you know, those value rooms are pretty much all the same size and they're all right about 260 square feet. Um, yeah, no queen beds in them usually. They usually have the Right, right. Yeah, I mean, Pop Century is adding queen beds. Like now they're getting close to done with that renovation, but it's the only one that has queen beds. Cabana Bay, the standard room is 300 square feet. So, you know, it, it's what? Nearly 20% larger, 15% larger than the value room at Walt Disney World. So they, you know, kind of threw down the gauntlet there. Um, but then interestingly to me, on the flip side, you know, they, they also, um, some would say partially at least in response to uh, the Art of Animation Resort at Walt Disney World, um, Cabana Bay Beach Resort includes a number of family suites. But the family suites at Cabana Bay are um, 430 square feet. So they're significantly smaller than the 525 square foot uh, family suites at Walt Disney World. So I, I found that kind of interesting. You know what? I hadn't even noticed that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's going to be interesting as we compare the different uh, resorts as they've got a, I'll call it a wider variety of sizes. Uh, and you know, for me coming with a family of five, it it kind of makes a difference because realistically, there's no way you're going to fit a family of five in a you know resort room of under 300 feet. Well, right. Uh, yeah, Disney won't even let you do it. I mean, they won't let you put <laughs> yeah. five in a in a 260 square foot value room. Yeah, and and once you start getting into the the kid suites or uh, you know say uh, when we stay at pop century or such having uh, two adjoining rooms it's uh you know you you get in much different uh, uh size areas but it's uh yeah one of the things i i do like about orlando is it it seems like they've got a lot of flexibility about different room sizes right and that's one of the things that's happened with like i said that's back and forth of you know one side one resort builds a, a property and the other one says okay well see what you did there now here's our version right this is our take um, I, I think the most interesting sort of innovation of the Cabana Bay Beach Resort rooms is the design that they came up with for the the bathrooms um, in those uh, family suites. Uh, Brad, have you stayed in the family suites, or have you only seen the the regular rooms? And I and I haven't stayed in either one yet, but I and I and I did a walkthrough on a standard room, but I have not walked, been in a walkthrough okay. in the suite. So, I've seen the, oh, the pictures of it, but I haven't been through Yeah, it. so the, the bathroom, it's a really interesting concept. So what they've done is, and it, it reminds me a little bit of kind of the way Disney Cruise Line has handled the bathroom situation, right? How they do a split bathroom. Oh, split, yeah. Well, what, what Universal has done is that the bathroom has essentially, they call it three compartments, four fixtures. So there's one segment that has like the tub and the shower and uh, a single like vanity sink. Then there's a second compartment that has a sink and a vanity. And then the third compartment is where the toilet is. And you can oh, actually yeah, sure. yeah, theoretically use all of them at the same time. Yeah. Um, I just said, uh, yeah, I was just looking at a picture that I didn't realize there was a door on the other. Yeah. So three completely separate areas. Well, that's kind of cool. Right. And it's it's a very interesting design. So it's it's a, a very efficient use of space, and it it doesn't quite give you two bathrooms like a true suite would, but it, it's close, right? It's kind of like having a bathroom and a half, 
Um, but you don't get those in the standard rooms. I mean, the standard rooms have a standard bathroom. Not you know, not that it's it's bad. It just isn't doesn't have this uh, you know innovative design. Um, and those those family suites then have uh, you know two queen size beds plus a full size pull out sofa. So it's actually slightly more. Uh, sleeping space than the family suites at, at Art of Animation, right? Because that that's right. one queen size bed. This is not a drop down bed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the, both the drop down and the fold out at 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 Art of Animation are full size as opposed to queen. Right. Um, yeah. Which is They're again, beds, but they are smaller. Yeah. Right, and it is kind of interesting again because it's it's more floor space at Art of Animation uh, mm-hmm. with the smaller fold out beds. But in any, yeah, the only thing I can think is that is because it has the two full bathrooms. Right. That's got to be a lot of the square footage that adds. And then the living room seems to be probably a little bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's a different use of space. Um, And, you know, art of animation takes advantage of the fact that you got a little more elbow room. Um, And like I said, when I talked about the bathrooms, universal, I think is, is doing a good job of, of, you know, making more efficient use of the, the space that they, they have to work with. Um, all right. So, so that's kind of the rooms. Um, Brad, talk a little bit about the dining options at, uh, Cabana Bay Beach Resort, because it is still, you know, I think this is one of the places where it still kind of comes through that you're in a value resort as opposed to uh, a deluxe resort. Right. I was trying to pull it back to that. Um, well, first off, while I'm, while I'm pulling that back up, one thing about their dining is that they do definitely continue to follow in the theming. Uh, the pictures of the one main dining room uh, very much looks like <laughs> like something out of the '60s, like a like a the bay or the Bayliner diner. Right. But but the diner is more like a, it sounds more like a food court over in the Values right. at uh, Disneyland, where they got different food stations, daily items, pizzas, burgers, salads, that kind of thing. So it's so it's yeah, much like it, it's more of your food court style, um, and it's it's you know seats you know six hundred people inside, so it's just a big open dining room. But they do it. You're right; they did a nice job with the theming. It does feel you know have that diner feel. Um, but, but, but it's not. It is a value food court, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not table service dining, and you would not no, mistake it not. for that. <laughs> no. Um, they do have the hideaway bar and grill there. Um, that's out by the, near the lazy river out in the water area. Once again, that's going to be burgers and, you know, that kind of a, kind of a feel. So, right. Well, but it's interesting to me that they have, um, you know, at, at Walt Disney world, the only bars that you're going to find are a pool bar and at a value resort and, um, at, at Universal here at Cabana Bay, you've got the, the, pool bar which is a bit maybe a bit more extensive uh the the hideaway bar and grill uh and then they also have uh atomic tonic which is another casual poolside bar and swizzle lounge which is a a, a lobby bar that doesn't have food service so you know, a lot more attention to to offering bar uh options and and that kind of thing um than you see at the the disney value resorts Yep, that's true. Uh, now, so then, do you know if they have a bar area in the in the uh, the Galaxy Bowl restaurant park? Um, 
I was trying to remember. They do serve, you know, food and and they do have beer and wine. I do not believe they have a full service bar. Um, You know, there's there's music, there's video screens, there's you know, a few other things, but um, I don't I don't believe it's a full service bar in there. Well, that would make sense because I'm sure it's pretty tight in there. So it's mainly just a diner. It's a a food option while you're bowling. Right, exactly. I mean, it's your typical, you know, bowling snacks kind of thing. Right. Um, now, a- another piece of this is that, you know, the the other amenities of the resort are a little different than at the older resorts because location-wise, you know, it, it's not really possible to walk to the parks from Cabana Bay Re- Beach Resort. Um, like it is from the others, and it's not connected. You can't use a water taxi to get there because the waterway, there is no waterway there that's connected. So, Brad, how do you get to the parks from Cabana Bay? So, um, they're, they're, the waterway ends across the road at the resort across the street, which I think, is that Sapphire Falls? You know? Uh, yeah, I think it yeah. is Sapphire Falls. Yeah, it is. So, you can walk across to Sapphire Falls to um, catch a boat from there. And then, um, and uh, you know what? I believe the dead, and they offer bus service. Right. So there's a bus service to the park. Yeah. So I mean, the, there the, is water, but you have to cross the street. And, it, and it's, you know. Right. So it's a primarily, you're going to use the bus service. I would not recommend crossing that street on foot. Um, it's a very busy road, and it's not designed for you to... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it just doesn't support it well, and it's pretty. It's a pretty dangerous road. Um, I mean, I, I believe there is a crosswalk there at one point, but yeah, there there is, but it's just, but it's really busy there. It's just, yeah, yeah like I don't know that I would trust it. Um, and you know, little things we should mention, um, and we didn't talk about this maybe as much as we should have last week when we talked about their deluxe hotels, but you know, the the Lowe's deluxe hotels actually do allow pets. Um, and always have since they opened. Um, you have to let them know in advance that you're bringing a pet because they do reserve some rooms as pet rooms. Um, that's how they deal with the allergy issues, right? Is it some rooms are pet rooms, the rest of the rooms are not. Um, but Cabana Bay does not allow pets at all. Um, and so that's that's worth noting. I mean, if it's important to you to bring your pet along, you could stay it at uh, Portofino, you could stay at Hard Rock, you could stay it at Royal Pacific, but um, you could not stay at Cabana Bay with your pet. Um, okay, so that's that's kind of an overview of Cabana Bay. Um, I think as as Brad has communicated, it, it's a really it's a well themed resort. Um, Brad, if you had to kind of give the profile of you know the ideal guest at Cabana Bay Beach Resort, right? What, what would that guest? Who would that guest be? I would say um, it's definitely going to be a family more so, and it would probably be more for a teen age. And the only reason I say that is because uh, it just seems like the teenagers are more into the retro feel. Young kids would like the colors, and it's fun, uh, but it's not it's not like playful like a Disney resort. It's more it's more true to the, the culture of the fifties and sixties. So that's true. They're but not going to see characters they recognize and that kinds of things. Exactly. 
nothing like that. It's it's very much just in character of the 50s and 60s. So I think it would be people that would be really, um, it's going to be somebody who's not looking to go to a hotel where, where it's serene and quiet and comfortable and relaxing. This is more vibrant and lively and alive around the pool. It has a, it does have a lazy river kind of a thing built into the pool to, so it's going to be more for an active family as well. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a good, uh, a pretty good profile there. So that's Cabana Bay. And, um, in you know, just this, this, about a year ago, I guess a little more than a year now, cause summer 2016, uh, they opened the Sapphire Falls Resort, which they had to, they created a new category for it. Um, they didn't know how to, how to fit it in because Sapphire Falls was not going to be another, uh, prime value or value resort. It also wasn't quite one of their, you know, what, what we would think of as deluxe resorts. It, it kind of fell into its own category. And, um, David, I, I, as I recall, you stayed there last summer. Um, so talk a little bit about, Sapphire Falls Resort, you know, give us some, sort of a, a the bird's eye view, so to speak, of of what the the resort is like. Okay, yeah, we'd stayed there about oh, two months after it had initially opened. Uh, I was uh, initially attracted by a lot of the artwork that had been posted on the web, showing that they had a you know beautiful pool looking area, and the kids are always very keen on uh, you know pool time. And we'd been looking at essentially spending our first day there doing nothing but hanging out at the pool. So okay. that was obviously a, a big draw. Right. Yeah. I mean, then they pitch it, right? I mean, one of the things in the resort, you know, they, they publish these fact sheets and they make a, a really highlighted point of talking about this 16,000 square foot resort style pool with sand areas and, um, you know, a, a hot tub and water slide and, uh, the kind of, uh, you know, water jet play area, um, and big fire pit, zero entry area, all, all these, you know, sort of very buzzword friendly. Yeah. I mean, deluxe resort yeah. amenities for the pool, <laughs> Without necessarily carrying, I mean, I think the concept at least was a lot of the deluxe resort pool amenities without carrying a deluxe resort price tag. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah. The, the funny thing I, I did find when I actually got in the pool is that it's great for everything except for swimming in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, if, you if you actually want to like swim some laps or stuff like that, it it is not at all suited for that. Between all the zero entry stuff and the water slides and all the the kid friendly er, kid friendly areas, but it it is good for just the kids kind of getting in and playing and splashing about. Out and and doing all sorts of activities, and they've they've got a nice area around the pool uh, where they'll have a variety of games like uh, oh toss four and stuff like that, where they can throw bean bags and, and stuff like that. So it's it's uh, yeah a very nice area. It's a uh, very good pool bar as well. Uh, so there's you know there's a, a lot of a good things to say about the pool and actually I'd say the public areas of the resort in general are very nicely done. I'd say it feels more like 
I'll call it deluxe resort when you actually walk in and you're going through the lobby and a lot of the bar areas and the public space, it it definitely seems like a much more elegant Caribbean take as opposed to, say, the Caribbean Beach Resort, which is, I'll call a little bit more of a cartoony take on the Caribbean. Uh, so it's, it's nice there. Uh, I'd say the, the, Downside to it is that the hotel rooms, at least their standard hotel room, does come across as a you know, very generic hotel room. Uh, there's there's not a lot you know extra in it, and it you know would seem like you know say a Holiday Inn Express or a you know rather regular hotel room. Right, and, and to, I, I I was a little surprised by that. I mean, especially after coming on the heels of Cabana Bay, right, where they really pulled out the stops for detailed theming and and you know even in these value resort rooms it wasn't like they went over the top with theming but it still had notes of the era and you know played played up the style of the era and all over sapphire falls they they did this sort of you know modern caribbean resort feel until you got to the rooms <laughs> Yeah, and, and the rooms seem, I'll, I'll call it very modern in terms of it's going to seem like a very generic, very functional, but kind of bland other than a bit of you know artwork Color. on the walls. Yeah, color, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and that's going to be a, 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 about it, uh, which, you know, again, one of the things we, we liked about it is that in a regular hotel room, we could get... Uh, Five people sleeping there, it'd be two queen-size beds plus essentially a cot. Right. And, yeah. and then the that's top. one of the things, by the way, that Universal does that, that Disney pretty much as a rule does not. Uh, and that is when needed, you can rent from them, um, you know, an additional bed. Uh, they they call it, you know, they refer to them as rollaways. They're essentially a cot. Um, and it's important to to note that it's not something that they just toss in for free. They actually charge you $25 a day. And if you've got five in the room, you don't have the option of not getting it. They, If you put five in the room, they require you to pay the $25 per night for the, the rollaway. Yeah. And it, it does, you know, kind of eat into a fair amount of the, the room area. I mean, the, the one complaint that, uh, you know, the family had from it is just that the room felt much more cramped than say, if you were to stay at uh, a Disney moderate with uh, where you've got the Murphy bed. Cause the nice thing about the Murphy bed is when you're not using it, it folds away and it's you know, essentially not there. Uh, whereas the cot, it's always going to be there. <laughs> right. And it's hard to get it out of the way. Uh, now, to be fair, if we're going to say that this is roughly the equivalent of a moderate resort at Walt Disney World, um, the the room size of a standard room is you know larger than the standard Disney moderate resort room. Um, you know, Disney moderate rooms run about three hundred and fourteen square feet, um, and the standard room at uh, Sapphire Falls is 364 square feet. So, you know, you get a, a good 50 square feet more space, but I, I think it's a matter of there just not being a, a good place to put that roll away that's, that's sort of out of the way. 
Yeah, yeah, because the funny thing is, you know, we just got back from staying at the Caribbean Beach Resort, and, you know, we had the Murphy bed there, and it felt like a much bigger room than what we had at the uh, Sapphire Falls. Now, the interesting thing, I mean, Sapphire Falls is kind of a weird blend of, of value because it's like it's almost a deluxe resort with some of the theming and amenities and the public spaces. The prices are probably a little bit lower than a moderate at Disney. The rooms, in some ways, feel a bit more valueish than a Disney moderate. So it's it's kind of a, a weird mix, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> but, blend. And and the funny thing is, you know, they do have a family suite, uh, which does you know, offer, I guess, two queen beds and a pull-out sofa. But at least from looking at it, it just it. Well, actually, I take that back. It's it's a king bed and two twins, and it's like, you know, that'd be probably very good if you had, uh, say, a family of four where uh, four Small where you've kids. got a boy girl, yeah. yeah, where they can't sleep together. Whereas in in my family, it's like, oh, we've got a bunch of girls; they can all you know sleep in the same area. It's it's not a big deal. Uh, but you know, they do want a bit more space, uh, just kind of, you know, trying to get two kids to share a twin bed. Just, I can't see that working once they get, you know, above 10 years old. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and I, this hotel for me, I, I struggle with this one cause I just have a hard time seeing where it fits. I mean, it, it price wise, I, I appreciate that it is a bit less expensive than a, a Disney moderate. So from a price point perspective, it comes in at a pretty good point, but again, you don't get that express pass for the parks that you get in the, in the older hotels and you do pay more for those yep. hotels, but you don't get the express pass. Um, and you you get a weird it seemed to me a weird blend of amenities um yeah you, you know I, I don't know did you did you take did you try to using the water taxi service from sapphire falls yeah we used the water taxi and actually that that worked out fine i mean i i got to say location wise the uh water taxi works out great uh, one thing we really liked about the place, uh, I in particular liked the bar, the uh, Strongwater Tavern. Right, the uh, was a bar. great place. Yeah, I mean, that that's just a, a great place to hit after a day at the parks. And the sort of coffee bar area, I think it's like Dutch Harbor or something yeah, like it's that. It's called New Dutch Trading Company. Uh, yeah, and it, it, I'd call it sort of a uh, Starbucks on steroids where they, you know, it's a, a coffee bar but they've added in a few more uh you know edible items and they'll have cold cereals and it's got uh more of a you know kind of like if you took the best elements of a starbucks and a convenience store and added them together it it worked out great for say the breakfasts and yeah, even sometimes dinner, uh, where we had a few nights where it rained really hard and we just didn't want to leave the resort. Yeah. And the, the the downside to the Strongwater Tavern is their kid menu isn't all that friendly. So it's like, hey, if, if you're a grown-up and you're looking for some rum or some beer, you are all set. Uh, you know, if you're 10 years old, you're 
going to be a little less happy with it. Yeah, so, so the ceviche bar is probably a, a <laughs> tough sell to a 10-year-old. Yeah, yeah. My my wife loved it, and, and she tried her best to pitch it to the kids, but uh, you know, they, they wanted to go to the coffee bar next door and uh, you know, essentially eat the chips and uh, hot dogs and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I for a, a even at uh, dinner time, they did have some food offerings. So right. uh, yeah, it did a good job of it. But uh, it is a, an odd resort, just kind of trying to fit it in. Uh, conceptually, right? Yeah. Did you happen to get a chance to eat at the the um, cookhouse, the Amatista cookhouse? No, we didn't try that. I mean, it it looks like a a good sit down uh, diner. Uh, frankly, I had my heart set on the rum bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the kids, the kids probably would have preferred the the regular restaurant. It's like, no, we're doing the rum bar. <laughs> if you don't like it, there's the coffee shop next door. <laughs> well, I think that's that's just along what you guys are saying. That's a great example of how different how different um, this resort is. You can't figure out what it is, I and mean, it's got a nice sit down. Almost looks like a something you would see in a deluxe over at. Uh, in, in Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, down I mean, down Disney. to the exhibition kitchen and everything. Yeah, exactly. So to me, that's a, that that would draw me just to go there to to eat at that restaurant, and yet at the same time, you got Despicable Me character breakfast <laughs> at a resort that doesn't have the specialized Despicable Me rooms. Why wouldn't they have that character breakfast at that hotel? <laughs> I don't yep. know, but yep, yeah, that's that's exactly uh, my feelings about this resort because I think it's got a lot of potential and it's got a lot of really interesting features. I just can't figure out how it would fit in in terms of, you know, what would be the compelling reason I would want to stay there because it it feels like every compelling reason I would come up with to stay there, there's an equally compelling reason to stay somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and that's the part I struggle with with it. I'm just trying, trying to see how it really fits. Um, now, you know, Universal wasn't done with the the building boom. Um, these two hotels came online kind of one after the other, and then they announced yet another hotel. Uh, and that one is poised to open – did it already open? Or it's either already opened or opening, you know, real soon now, right? Any day. Um, uh, I I think it's opening August, uh, August or September. Okay. August. So we still got a couple of months. Um, but uh, they're, they're opening this summer, the Aventura Hotel. Uh, and in some ways, it, it reminds me a little bit of the, the uh, you know, prime value version of the Sapphire Falls conundrum <laughs> uh, to some extent. They, they've they pitched it as, as a prime value hotel, you know, less expensive uh, hotel option. It's a beautiful building. Um, I don't know. Have, have you guys seen the building? Yeah, yeah I actually, I, I drove past it a couple of days ago and it, it is stunning. Uh, I've got to say the view from the restaurant on top or such is, is going to be a great view. Right. So they've got this rooftop bar on the value resort. <laughs> Uh, that that is going to have this great view of, of Orlando's property. Um, the building itself is this kind of, you know, glass s- sculpture almost. Skyscraper. Almost. And it's almost like a skyscraper. It's not like just two or three or four floors. Everybody needs to picture one of those high-rise 
Right. Uh, and it's not just a tower. Glass. Yeah. I mean, it's this like sweeping curve. Um, yeah. Just a really beautiful building. Um, and it, I, I just look at it. And I, I, it doesn't say value resort to me, <laughs> you know? Not um, at all. It feels like a chic, you know, uh, exclusive hotel you'd see in, you know, like a, I wouldn't say downtown New York, but somewhere like that. I mean, you know, yeah. big city. Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Vegas, really. Vegas hotel. Hey. Very much a Vegas yeah. hotel feel. Very much. Big, tall, sweeping, beautiful, elegant, set-apart look. And now you're saying it's a value? It's a value right. value hotel, 600 rooms, um, you know, the the same uh, same amenity limitations as, um, you know, the other of the newer resorts, which means, you know, you still get the early park admission, you still get, uh, you know, shuttle buses that'll take you to the parks for free, um, charging privileges, uh, you know, access to city walk. No express pass, but everything else. Yeah, yeah but no express mm-hmm. pass. Well, I'm looking on their site too, and it's saying hotel their basic guest rooms starting from $116 a night. Right. So they've come in at That's a low, value. At, value at a serious price. value price point. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. Well, one thing I thought that was really interesting is the kids suite, where you've got essentially uh, two twin beds, a king bed, and then a couch that converts into a foam bed. So uh, essentially, you've got four sleeping surfaces. Which, you know, for for my family, boy, that'd work out perfect. Yeah, right. It doesn't uh, make as as uh, five people going in. It doesn't, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they they show somewhere. I, I saw the uh, floor plan, and it's it's uh, a really interesting floor plan because uh, the room is very curved. And essentially, you've got the the king bed in one room, you've got the two twin beds in another room, and then you've got this sort of fold out couch in yet a third room. Right, and it's it's interesting because I mean, they still say that the room sleeps five, so that the maximum capacity is five, but. Right. Uh, it's, it's like the kids suite concept basically is a room within a room, right? So they just kind of carve out space within the room that has two twin beds in it. Um, which to me, I mean, the best thing about that is I I know, for example, that my kids can't share a bed on vacation. I mean, it's just not, even when they were younger and it, it wouldn't have, you know, bothered my teenage daughter to share a room with her brother or share a bed with her brother, you know, they couldn't share a bed because they flop around and they'd be keeping each other up all night. But having two twin beds plus a separate bed, I mean, that would have been ideal because mm-hmm. we get the comfort of a, a king size bed and the kids get each separate bed. They're each going to get a decent night's sleep. Um, and they're big rooms. I mean, it's 575 square feet. So that's that's even bigger than the art of animation suites. Um, but they still, still yeah, they, only sleep five, which is interesting to me. They almost look like the, some of the suites on a, on a cruise ship. You know, got the curve on yeah. the edge of the ship, and they're like a, almost mm-hmm. like it's got a sweeping, but it doesn't have a balcony. But it, it gets that feel. It's just it's this big, long, like you were describing. It's not separate rooms. It's all kind of connected rooms, but it looks really intriguing. I'd, I'd love to stay in it just to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they have that sort of tri tri split bathroom like the, the ones at, uh, 
Cabana Bay, right, where you go in one room, there's this overall large bathroom, but the the door inside kind of slides to divide up the shower and the toilet area and the vanity area. Right, the bathroom, the toilet has its own, the shower has its own, and then the other area. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a unique configuration. I'll give it that. Um, and then... The price point again. I mean that that kid suite is is uh, you know the standard rate on that is two hundred and sixteen dollars a night. So that yeah, that's exactly. hard to beat that's for crazy. a five hundred seventy five square foot room in Orlando. So I'll give them credit. Yeah. Yeah. They've done a heck of a job of you know finding a, a value point. Um, there's no doubt about that. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the amenities play out. Whether they they come across as a as a more of a deluxe than a than a value. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you look at what is announced, at least in terms of of their you know other services, um, I mean, this rooftop bar that definitely has a deluxe feel to it. I mean, they're calling it Bar oh, Seventeen yeah, Bistro. Yeah. Um, they're going to do custom cocktails and. Um, they're calling it urban international flavors for the menu. Um, but, but it's going to have this fantastic view cause it's a tall building. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, the main dining room. Food is, hall. Yeah. Literally it's just called food hall. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much explains it. I mean, why didn't they just name it, you know, generic food court <laughs> might as well have. <laughs> I feel like everything there should have a barcode on it. <laughs> yeah. um, but but you know clearly it's just a, a you know very much a food court type breakfast uh, or, or I'm sorry dining area um, you know a lobby bar a poolside bar both of which seem to have generic names maybe and it, it, look it's entirely possible they'll update these but they all of the printed material so far calls these these venues you know food hall lobby bar and poolside bar. <laughs> I'll go out on a limb and say they they just haven't named them yet. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Although, I mean, come on, August. It's not that, not that long away. That's true. That's true. Um, although, I'll give it, I guess, uh, you know, the, if there's any hint that, that you know, names are coming, um, I'm looking at one piece of material that they produced that refers to the Rooftop Bar just as Rooftop Bar. And now their website has updated and refers to it as Bar 17 Bistro. So at least the bar got a name. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then all the other they have a they have a photo for the bar seventeen bistro to give a concept photo. Yeah, they don't have right. anything the others. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see. They better um, decide quick. Yeah, I'd, I'd say one one downside to, to looking at it is that their pool doesn't seem to be anything spectacular, which is kind of a yeah, it seems odd in that, you know, Cabana Bay had the, the Lazy River, Sapphire Fall. They really emphasized all the zero entry and other benefits. And this, it's it seems like they're very much pitching it as a generic pool. Well, and I think what this is really pointing out is that the way that Orlando or that Universal is positioning these newer hotels is that it seems that each one sort of targets, you know, an aspect of the hotel experience or the resort hotel experience so that you can pick 
one that's important to you and stay in one of these resorts and get that one that's most important to you and maybe miss out on the other two. And maybe that's where the value piece comes in, right? So if if what's important to you is that great pool area, well, you could choose either Cabana Bay or uh, Sapphire Falls. Eh, Aventura is not the right place for you. If instead what you need is, um, you know, extra space for a larger family, well, you can a do luxury those. luxury seal. Yeah, well, you could do it Aventura or you could do Cabana Bay. But Sapphire Falls, eh, not so much. I mean, you can put five in the room, but as David said, it's a little tight. So I, I, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it until we started talking about it, but they do seem to kind of fall into these categories like that. Where you can kind of pick two of the three. It's like you can have, you know, what is it? You you can have it uh, fast. You can have it uh, cheap, or you can have it you can have it good. Pick two of the three. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's I same. think all of the design guys over at Universal are listening to the podcast right now, going, "Yeah, that's right. Intentional. It was all intentional." But that is a good point. It, yeah. it is interesting because I, I got to say, you know, we're, we're considering doing a trip to Universal sometime in the next year. And, yeah, I'd, I'd say Inventura has it. it it's kind of I'll call it like my current top pick with the fact that, boy, when I try to sell it to the kids, I'm going to have to emphasize that, oh, we're going to be going to Volcano Bay so that the fact that the hotel doesn't have a great pool is okay because you're going to be spending <laughs> your time at the water park. There you go. There you go. Um, but then they're going to look at Cabana Bay and say, but it's right next to Volcano and I can stare at the volcano. <laughs> and i got a great pool, Dad. Let's go over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I had similar issues trying to sell the rum bar to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with, with now that you mentioned that, uh, Aaron, that really does kind of strike a chord now. Because the one thing it does seem like, that each time... Um, each time Universal has announced these expansion hotels as they've moved out and began to really move uh, broaden their appeal from their deluxe resorts, each one seems to be very intentional. And maybe then when we look at that particular hotel, we go, well, it doesn't make sense to me, but, but maybe that's the whole point. They're, they're not worried about whether this one makes sense to, to me. They, they're, they're trying to reach somebody else. So each one is very unique and different and, and offers different things. And so kudos on them if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the idea here is that they're, they're kind of narrow casting a bit and, yeah. you know, developing these properties with the, the, an eye to a particular subset of guests rather than, you know, trying to, to appeal as broadly to, you know, everybody at each resort. Uh, and, and, you know, we might get an even stronger example of that with the most recent announcement, um, because they weren't done yet with new resorts with Aventura. When it opens this summer, um, there will be yet more coming. Um, now we understand why they chose the name Prime Value for their grouping of Cabana Bay Beach Resort and Aventura Hotel together. Because they announced fairly recently um, one more major resort expansion project that they're calling the Endless Summer Resort. And 
it is being categorized as a value on-site hotel. So, you know, we, we looked at the price point on, on Aventura, uh, and, you know, it comes in at, at what, 100 and, did we say 111, 119? 119. Yeah. Okay. So $119 is its kind of basic price point. Um, this newest hotel, the Surf so- uh, or the, the Endless Summer Resort, is actually two hotels. One is called the Surfside Inn and Suites. And the other is called the Dockside Inn and Suites. The two combined uh, are the Endless Summer Complex. And they're going to have basic, you know, single, uh, it's your, your standard uh, sort of studio hotel rooms um, at $73 a night. That's just crazy. And then, and, and then two-bedroom suites – Starting at 111 a night? Uh-huh. Yeah. Even crazier. <laughs> and, and, and on top of that, from everything that the, the pictures, I mean, there's not a lot out on it yet, but the pictures, there's no way these are going to be, they're not going to be motel style. They're going to be in inside hallways. Don't you, I mean, the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, these are definitely, yeah, these are definitely yeah. hotel style. These are not um, external entry buildings. Oh, my gosh. It's just insane. It's like I'll stay there and then drive over to Disney. <laughs> well, and, look, there, there's a there's a reason that they're not external entry um, buildings. If you look at all of their hotel designs, part of what's going on here is that most of these Disney hotels um, have parking lots that are all the way around the resort, right? And yeah, so, external entry is somewhat a creature of that, right? Because the, the cars are parked all around. Um, Universal doesn't have the luxury of that kind of space. And so they put all the cars in one place. And when you do that, it makes more sense to have people entering rooms from the inside. Sure. It makes sense. And plus the, the when we're talking about the motel style at Disney, these are old hotels. So they they were back in the day when that was a much more an acceptable thing. Anything they built new has been, that's, that's, true. that's a good point. Too, so, but, but yeah, but that's a good point. Uh, but wow, I just I, I, as soon as I heard about this, it was like, oh, and I'm reading this wrong. Somebody missed a missed a one. <laughs> there's well, I, I noticed two something. two really interesting things. Is, is first in the photos they show the kitchenette area looks really nice with you know essentially a, a counter area and microwave and you know it looks like some place that you'd be able to stay at for you know, more than just a weekend. And they do mention that if you want the real low rates, you've got to stay a minimum of seven nights. And realistically, currently, you'd be kind of hard-pressed to spend seven days at Universal. That's I'm good, though. If I stay four days and they bump it up to $90, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of wonder if they figure that they're going to get a lot of guests that are not just doing Universal, but probably spending a few yeah. days at other spots. Sure. Right. Well, and now, they, let's, yeah, re- yeah, let's it remember. Seems like a, a good market to go after. Yeah, but let's let's remember that Universal has had a, a, a fairly long-standing um, sort of marketing arrangement with the the Bush Gardens folks. Right, mm-hmm. because you've sure. been able to buy um, a, a ticket, that Universal Pass, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. That and they provided transportation too, didn't they? Yep, yep. Includes includes admission, and I mean the the transportation is a I think a fairly standard 
shuttle bus that Bush Gardens actually provides, but they do do a pickup at Universal. Um, and, you know, they, they sell these ticket packages that include admissions to, um, you know, Bush Gardens and, and their water park and, um, you know, include other attractions that are not the Walt Disney World attractions that are the other direction. Um, they, they'll right. include SeaWorld even before they'll include. Yeah, SeaWorld's not too far away. So no, no, that would be, yeah, that would be doable. Yeah, um, so they've they've they have at times marketed a, a you know a multi admission ticket that includes those other um, locations. Um, I, I, what I find really interesting is, I mean, number one, the, this price point is so much lower than the rest of what they've uh, got going now. And and what's interesting to me is that this is, is these prices have been announced for a hotel that's not opening until 2020. So, I mean, it feels low now. It, it's low and it's not opening for another two years. So, you know, it may look even lower by that time because, I mean, $73, that's, that's like half of a night at Cabana Bay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. And you're talking about four, yeah, over mean, 1,400 for, for, rooms. It's like, whoa, that place is going to be booked out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if they have suites that are sleeping six for 111, that that's huge. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah. I'd be, when I can pay double that at Disney to sleep five, I'm thrilled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the rooms, you know, they're not, they're not penalizing you by, by putting you in double beds. I mean, these concept art clearly looks like, uh, you know, queen size beds. Um, now I I will say that the kitchenette area looks nice and clean, but I notice that it's, you know, truly a limited kitchenette in that, you know, there's a microwave and a small refrigerator. There's no and a countertop. <laughs> yeah, and a countertop. There's no full size refrigerator. There's no cooktop. Yeah. There's there's no you know, none of that. So it's pretty yeah, we, limited. We should tell folks that are listening. I mean, we, we we'll be honest. The, the the concept pictures. It's a very minimalistic, a basic layout. It's pretty. Yeah, but but it's functional. But it's the, there's nothing, yep. you know, overly, overtly fancy or detail oriented like, like Cabana Bay or something like that. This is clearly the value resort. But but you know what? For seventy dollars $70 a night <laughs> in resort area, sign me up. I'm good. You know. Well, and, and let me let me mention this too because this part. I mean, I'm looking at this and it it it, it strikes me a little odd. Um, so there's this concept art of the Surfside Inn and Suites pool. And I don't know if you guys are looking at the same picture that I am. Um, maybe I can – yeah, here, hang on. I'm going to – I'm actually going to send this to the chat room so that you can see it oh, yeah. because yeah, – Because um, I don't – I'm not seeing it. Okay, because I, 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 I want to talk about this for a minute because I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, let's see. Now, let's remember, this is for the for the, the Surfside Inn and Suites pool. The Surfside Inn and Suites, which is half of the Endless Summer Resort, is supposed to have 750 rooms and suites. So take a look at that pool and what looks to me like four rows deep of pool deck chairs 
Yep. <laughs> a lot and of the chairs. size of that pool with that many chairs. This is what I'm saying. Is oh that pool anywhere near <laughs> an appropriate size to accommodate <laughs> 700? Not Americans. Not Americans, because we have an American bubble, and you are not getting that close to me in this room. <laughs> <laughs> But, but by cruise ship standards, that's a blue changing colored water, and you go over there somewhere. <laughs> oh my god, that is tiny! It's just well, it's a concept thing, but you're right. That many chairs, wow, that makes it feel like that pool's tiny. I hope it's going to be way bigger than that. And and I, it's worth noting, it's a very basic pool. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a cool shape, but it's a hole in the ground. Yeah, it's it's a value resort. It, at Disney. No, no slides, no. Although, yeah. at least at the value resorts at Disney, they got some theming going on. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not I, even I, a water I mean, feature or anything. There's no, nothing well, in this. Really, the, the, the value pools at, at Disney are, are pretty awesome because not only are they, they decent size, but they've got all the activities and stuff going on, uh, which, but you the know, actual universal. Pool itself, the pools themselves yeah. are basic, but they do have some more detail. This doesn't have, it's got trees. all right cool huh so it's it's going to be interesting to me to see how they operate this hotel um because i I mean you know that was one picture i'm going to go ahead and send you guys another picture too because i just found another one that shows it sort of in context of the buildings which to me actually like I don't know, solidifies the, what exactly what I'm concerned about because, uh, you know, you'll see they, they, it's not an accident. Like this is, this is, uh, the size of the pool related to the size of this hotel. And, uh, it just doesn't look anywhere close to big enough. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of bodies. At that many. The one thing I, one place I saw said 1,450. You're saying it's 1,750. No, no, uh, 750 for each side, right? So oh, 750 yeah, yeah. for dockside, 750 for yeah. uh, surfside, yeah. which is 1,500. That's the only pool. Rooms. That's crazy. Well, no, I mean, th- this would be, this. to be fair, this would be one of two pools, right? So this is the pool. This is the, the rendering is for the, um, Oh, so each, the each surfside section pool. will have their own. Okay. Yeah, so each section would have a pool. Still, 750 rooms, you know, with, with um, over, what did it say, over 50% of them are the two-bedroom suites? Oh, wait a second. I have to correct myself. I misunderstood. I thought these were half and half. No, 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 no. <laughs> surfside Inn and Suites is the smaller one. Surfside Inn and okay. Suites is projected to open 2019 with 750 rooms. But Dockside, which is not supposed to open until 2020, is going to open in phases because it's 2,050 rooms. Oh, my gosh. Now, well, I will assume that, yeah, according to this, it'll have two more pools. Yeah. But still, that's 2,800 hotel rooms. Rooms. And like I said, and it wasn't it like 50% of them are two-bedroom suites, which means – the, the this is going to attract the large family groups right that are going to they're going to flood in here so just oh, yeah. just the sheer number that are going to be in those rooms is going to be exponentially higher oh wow well i guess we'll see <laughs> yeah i mean i mean this is this is the kind of thing i mean 
I guess what it's pointing out is, you know, what these trade-offs really are, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you, there is if you're gonna if you're gonna charge these prices that are this low, then you've got to give something up, and, yeah. you know, and part of that what is, you're give up. yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have one pool this size for 750 people because then you don't have to hire lifeguards for two more pools. Well, it just gives Matt, Matt will be a pro. He'll be able to explain to everybody how you explain to your kids, well, we're going to Volcano Bay. So don't worry about the pool. We're not coming to the pool. Yeah, because I, I think the, the Aventura Hotel will be an interesting trial to see how well this works out for him because, you know, like I was commenting, the you know, it seems like an awesome hotel, except for the fact that the pool seems, you know, very inadequate for you know, just the size of the hotel and the number of people. And it yeah. it looks like going forward, they're kind of like, well, we'll just de-emphasize the pool. Yeah, I mean, just for some context, Disney's Art of Animation Resort has just under 2,000 rooms. So Dockside, by itself, will have more rooms than Art of Animation. Plus Surfside across the way, which has, uh, you know, I'm trying to find the right Disney Resort comparison. It's probably at 750 rooms, what, um, roughly the same number that you would have at, uh, I think that the, uh, okay, now I got to look. I was going to guess. It's about the same as Sapphire Falls has about 750, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Sapphire Falls is a little bigger than that. I want to say Sapphire Falls is about eight hundred, but it's close. Okay. It's similar. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, so there's that's a, a good size resort. There's so, a contact. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it, it's huge. <laughs> so, it's huge. So wow. So the baby resort is huge, and the other one's a behemoth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Aventura actually is only six hundred rooms. Okay. So it's it's significantly smaller. Um, it's interesting to play with. I mean, look, things can change between now and then. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all concept know, it, right now. So. Yeah, it's all concept art at this point. It, look, if they're selling out another 2,800 rooms on a regular basis, one of two things is going to happen. Either a bunch of hotels on I-9 are going to go out of – or on, on I-4 are going to go out of business <laughs> – uh, yeah. You know, or Universal is going to have to have had have you know a, a third park well underway. Yeah, I was going to say yeah to that have a place to put all these people. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Well, when you start getting those kinds of numbers, man, you want to talk about crowded? Ooh, they're going to have to expand. Yeah, I think Jim Hill had been talking that. You know, Universal is you know getting pretty well underway for getting a third park online. Yeah, the Nintendo was right. it Nintendo. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's the but talk. it's not like twenty twenty four or something. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. going to take them a while to build it. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you got to remember number one, building a theme park just takes time, especially from scratch. And number two, yep. in Florida, it takes even longer because anything you build involves having to do lots of additional kinds of surveying that you don't have to do other places to make sure that you can drop footings that 
are going to yeah, exactly. hold things it's up. It's not going to sink into the ground. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and not to mention every construction person in the state is employed on Star Wars. So. <laughs> well, except that, that Universal is building like crazy too. I mean, you know, they're getting Alventura yeah. finished. Yeah, they sure are. So, yeah, I mean, this is probably a good time to be uh, uh, somebody who works in the construction industry in Orlando because, you know, both major entertainment uh, destinations are in sort of massive building mode. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I think that the the key here really is to to recognize that there's a lot more coming and that the overall feel of the Universal Parks, uh, I think, is – kind of on the edge of some major change um, as, as these expansions hit. Um, Don't you feel, I feel that the cool thing about what's going on with Universal Orlando is that they're, they're being very um, clear in that their, their target is Disney level. They're not doing anything to be compete against six flags. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not a theme park anymore. They're, they're truly moving in the direction. I mean, they're not, a, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, say it the other way. You know they're, they're not an amusement yeah. park. Yeah, they're yep. not an amusement park. They're a theme park. And they're really driving that. And, uh, and it couldn't come at a better time for me because we'll always be Disney people. But as my kids have gotten older, this this trip will be the first time where we'll spend as much as many days at Universal as we spend at Disney. Yep. We're doing half and half. Yep. Well, uh, you know, We've talked quite a bit here uh, about just you know two hotels that are that are already open, a couple more that are coming. Um, I think that the bottom line is that the roster of on-site hotels at Universal is filling out, and we're just going to have to get used to their sort of way of of referring to things because it, it, I still think it's clumsy and a little confusing, yeah. um, but. You know, you just kind of have to keep in mind that the thing that the big dividing line is the express pass. And so it's it's the original three and every place else. And somewhere along the way, you know, you, you, you've got to make that call of either the express pass is worth it to me and I'm going to book one of the old school hotels, you know, Royal Pacific, Hard Rock, Portofino, or these new hotels are interesting, different and perhaps most importantly, enough of a value that they're worth a flyer. Yep. Because here's something that I hadn't even thought about till we just started talking about it. Okay. Obviously, Sapphire Falls prices a little bit more than Cabana Bay. Cabana Bay prices a little less. Now, when I do the math now, if I price out Cabana Bay Beach Resort plus paying for express pass it's usually within about 20 bucks a person of the price of booking royal pacific instead so it's a hard sell to say eh, i'll go ahead and stay at cabana bay and just pay for express pass because for that amount of money it's worth it to upgrade the hotel but the price point at aventura really changes the math. Right? Yeah. So Aventura is less? Aventura is 
almost the, the standard room at, or no, I'm sorry, not Aventura. I said that wrong. Okay. Although Aventura is less than Cabana Bay. Yeah, for the new one, the resident one. Right, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Aventura already changed it. Now, the Endless Summer is going to totally blow it away. Yeah. It's like, but, but Aventura yeah. is already going to start making, you know, I, I hadn't even really thought about it, but that, that may be the, big, the best argument for Aventura, right? Yeah. Is that at that price point... Now it starts to be a lot more feasible. And, and what we kind of did this trip was we, uh, well, what we kind of, what we're planning to do this trip is we went, I went ahead and booked one day of the express pass and paid for it. Right. But, it, but right. It, once I hit all the main stuff that I wanted to hit and the rest of it, I'm not going to worry about, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. So, but I mean, if universal's Aventura hotel, is going to come in at, you know, uh, else I was trying to do a quick, quick look at prices. I was trying to get mine to come up. And come it's, up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, well, it wants me to pick dates. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll see what this says. Sure. Just cause I want a rough picture here. Obviously we're not. Yeah. Aventura guest rooms, one sixteen a night starting from, so at one sixteen a night. Yeah, I don't. I think you're not going to find it at one sixteen a night. Very. It's going to be higher. Then you. Know, that's the. That's the lowest of the lowest. Is where right. Prices from. So interesting. But. So searching on. Okay, so it's going to be pretty close in price actually to Cabana Bay, um, in terms of of real price, just based on what I'm seeing here. Um, you know, looking looking at on most nights, it looks to be within about ten bucks a night of of Cabana Bay. But where it's really going to change things is when, you know, if Cabana Bay is is pricing now usually somewhere around $165 a night or so off season, you know, if if off season the the uh, you know, surfside is 80 bucks a night. <laughs> I mean, it's a different ball game, that's yeah. for sure. Because you can buy Express Pass and yep. Express Pass plus an endless summer room is about the price of a Cabana Bay room. Yeah. Wow. That's a whole different calculus. My brain's starting to freeze up. <laughs> <laughs> you put me in lockdown. Thanks a lot. That's true. Right. It, it is interesting if you travel off season too. Yeah, you don't really, in, in my opinion, need the express pass as much. Right, that's true too. That's a good point. You don't now, but if they're selling Aventura and Dockside and Surfside and Sapphire Falls and Cabana Bay and the original three hotels at any kind of capacity. Well, and here's another thought, Aaron. Because, you know, uh, Matt mentioned earlier, well, you're, you're not going to stay for a, a week at, at at Universal. But with them being this cheap, now I can add on a day or two and well, just that's split a good my day in the park down and, and just hit the major things first thing in the morning and spread it out. And well, and that's actually it. a good point when you talk about the calculus of purchasing express pass or not too, right? Exactly. Cause you can stay in that exactly. hotel for six nights, exactly. but you only have to buy express pass for three days. Right. And get pretty or, much everything or, you want. 
or or even if you just spreading it out, you may not even need it. Well, that's By true then, too. you hit all the big stuff each day. You do certain things that are big. Right. By right. the time the rides get full, I do the little stuff, and then I go go do other stuff. Yep. You know? Good point. Good point. Yeah, and I, I I could see you know. I, I think a lot of us kind of come from a, a called Disney mentality where it's like, hey, if, if you're going to Disney for seven days, you're spending all seven days at Disney. Other folks, when you know they're looking at a, I'll call it Orlando vacation, it's like, well, I'll spend a few days at the beach, I'll hit SeaWorld, and There's then I'll do cool two or three days at the convention at theme center. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of tourist stuff to go see. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. All right. Well, you've heard us rambling on about <laughs> the yes, Universal yeah. Orlando hotels. Um, I, I think it's, uh, like I said, a, an exciting uh, development there on that side of Orlando. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, what is it going to take to draw you over to the dark side um, to get you to stay a few days um, in Universal Orlando? And, and are these new hotels on your radar now? Um, email us at podcast at disdads.com and tell us about it. Or visit our blog, disdads.com. Tweet us at Disdads Podcast on Twitter, or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disdadspodcast. And hey, if you've got an extra minute, we'd really appreciate a review on whichever service that you use to listen to the show, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, any of those places. Um, a review just makes it easier for people to find the show and, uh, you know, helps spread the love a little bit. Until next time, I've been Aaron Rittmaster with Brad Coates. Have a great evening, everybody. We'll see you next time. And David Matt. Expecto Patronum. <laughs> Poof, I turned into a frog. <laughs> Our outro music is Whiskey on the Mississippi by Kevin McLeod. Kevin makes his song available on Incompetech.com and licenses it under Creative Commons by Attribution. Thanks for the song, Kevin.